Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Spring! I mean, it was winter, and then it turned to summer, <laughs> then it turns back to spring. This week has been beautiful. It's been in the 60s, a little chilly at night. Sure makes it easy to rest well in the evening, but your plants like this kind of weather too. This is like the best planting weather ever. Except for that wind. When was that wind? Like like Tuesday? It was so ferocious. That rips the leaves sometimes. Uh, but the temperature, that, that was a, that was an afternoon event, but then the temperatures that evening cooled right down, and the plants just started to thrive. So I've got lots of new flowers coming on in my own personal gardens, uh, lots of new foliage happening. I did get a little bit of leaf damage on my mimosas. You saw some leaves fall down, that kind of stuff. Those plants, they can handle that. It's okay. That's why you do want to do a little homework before you commit to what kind of long-term plant you're going to have in your landscape. You really, you're, you're planting trees once, and you're done for decades. Uh, if you plant the wrong one, you'll hate that plant for decades. You just really, uh, an example is uh, maples. Uh, there's certain there's there's a broad family of maples. There's probably a hundred varieties, probably more than that, from Japanese maples to red maples, Ace Rebrums, you folks in the Midwest, you know what that is, to sugar maples. Canadians, uh, East Coast, love their maple syrup. That's where that comes from. They'll all grow in the mountains of Arizona at any elevation. They do well. What you're really looking at is the wind tatter. Some plants get wind tatter, wind whipped, wind torn, holes. Uh, they just look terrible. They'll grow. They'll even thrive, but they'll just look terrible. And so some trees, they handle that kind of wind better than other types of trees. And so really what we're looking for when we shop for, for our uh, here at Waters Garden Center here in Prescott when we're going to the farms, we'll walk the fields to make sure the plants are rooted fully, what the crop, if they're straight, if there's a, a field full of weeds, we don't want that. We're looking for nice, straight, maintained trees with a good head or crown on them, and they've been shaped. We're also looking for trees that have a thicker leaf to them. So certain varieties of, let's say, maples or sycamores or elms, they've got a, a thicker leaf to them. So the less prone to perspire, to, to rip, to tear. Uh, we're looking for leaves that, uh, that have a deeper lobe, a deeper, um, how do you explain that, cut or, or, or foliage. Uh, it just allows the wind to go through the foliage instead of tearing it in two. And certain plants do better than others. This is one where you, you walk your neighborhood and you take a look at what shrubs or what trees, what, what plants are thriving in those neighbor neighbor's yards. If they're a gardener and you know who they are, they've got these beautiful yards. And if they're out in the front, you know, watering, taking care of primping, prepping, playing Mozart to their music, but some of them even pray over their plants, you know who the gardeners are. Uh, they love, 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 love sharing 
their passion, love sharing what they're doing, which ones are their favorites, which ones are the most fragrant, which ones blooms first, which ones turn color in the fall, which they, if you really want to know, talk to a neighbor that's obviously a gardener. They would love to give you the grand tour and share what they've learned in your neighborhood. And each neighborhood is uniquely different. Even in my own personal yard, the front yard is different than the backyard. I've got this classic mountain home where the you dug out the side of the hill, put your two-story house, you drive into the garage at the top layer, and you walk downstairs to the basement, come out the bottom. It's a steep, steep lot. Beautiful vistas, but the wind and the, the soils, and it's just different from the back to the front yard. You, you need to get familiar with your own yard, uh, even in Prescott Valley. You would think that valley area is pretty flat, but our first home Lisa and I ever owned here in Arizona was in on the backside of Prescott Valley across from Coyote Springs. Heavy clay soils, caliche layers. Um, it was difficult gardening, but we figured it out and had beautiful landscapes, beautiful gardens, beautiful yards. But even there, the backyard had a different type of clay than the front yard. I never would have seen that coming, but the front yard had these rocks that would just like emerge out of the muck and the, and the, the clay, and the backyard, which is solid clay. It, just, it was just different. And so you had to learn how to water each of those sections or each of those landscape areas. And so you'll find this in your own yard. Whenever anyone tells you, I know how to water, do it this way, you can stop listening to that person. They absolutely cannot tell you how to water your gardens, your landscape, your, your trees, shrubs, vines, vegetables. They can get you close so that you, at least you're making mistakes in the right direction, but they can't truly. That's where the gardener within you has to learn what the plants need for that section of the garden. If you're not much of a gardener or you're still new at it, that's why they make tools like moisture meters. They help you to figure out so you can, so you can monitor for yourself how the soils and how the plants are responding. That's where gardening is, is really, really, uh, the rubber meets the road. There's a lot of new gardeners at the garden center. This whole economic COVID quarantine thing, people want to enjoy their backyard. They're, in, they're, they're hibernating, not hibernating, they're actually out enjoying the sunshine and the fresh air and the, the plants and the birds, they're enjoying what Arizona is famous for. We've got outdoor kitchens at our house. We've got outdoor entertainment areas, patios, vistas, hummingbirds, butterflies. It's beautiful. When I have to go indoors, it's I mean, I've got a beautiful house, but still, I would just rather be outdoors because that's what Arizona is famous for. And so we're seeing... A lot of folks are gardening or experiencing their their landscape or their 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 yards for some of the first times. Before they had someone else landscape it, set the clock. I don't want to think about this anymore. Make sure it's still alive when I get back from my cruise. That's where we were two months ago. Today, I'm a gardener. I'm trying vegetable gardening for the first time in 15 years. I'm trying flowers. I've got a big pot of things. I want a new tree, some shade. It's just changed. As you're new to gardening, may I just give you permission? You're going to kill some things. It's okay. It's not a puppy dog we're planting in the yard. It's not that bad. If a pansy, some of my pansies have failed this week. 
Uh, they, just the heat, the sun. They don't like, pansies don't like summer. They love the winter. They love the cold. They love snow. They love frost. That's what pansies and violas and snapdragons and uh, primrose and all these things love the cold. That's why I generally plant those in my yard in the fall. So I've got the fall color. So when the summer things fail, these things come on and then keep me blooming, have something to look at in winter, and they look fabulous through May, and then they start to fade. They don't like the summer. So I'll replace those things with fincas, geraniums. I love geraniums. They're so easy to grow. That's one of those. Geraniums have a thick, fleshy leaf, so they don't perspire very easy. They've got a texture over the leaf, so it protects them from sun and wind. And then they just consistently bloom all the time. They're just amazing easy-to-grow kind of flower for the mountains of Arizona. They don't like the winter. They're going to die off, or, or we'll bring them indoors as a houseplant. But geraniums for the mountains of Arizona, this dry, bright, windy climate, oh, they just, few flowers perform as well as a geranium does uh, from here through, really, mine, mine were alive through December, not through into December. Let me put it that way. Get me. I want to get exact. Just a great little plant. We have got a lot in store for you. I got to make some time for Lisa. Water's Lane coming in. She's going to have your garden questions. Uh, so let's go after that. But then we're going to go deep into roses, uh, some bug issues, some things that we're seeing going on in local gardens. But you'll have to stay tuned. This is Ken Lane and the Mountain Gardener. We'll be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locust, Vine and Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are the neighbors talking about? What are they seeing in the gardens? What kind of leaf spots or things in bloom or magic that the garden is famous for? So welcome into the studio, Lisa. Thank you. It's, it's good been, to be here. It is good to be here. Yes, it is good to be here. <laughs> I do need some lake time, by the way. Ah. Thinking, <clears throat> the lake is calling, so. Is it open back up? It has. Glen Canyon uh, National Park has opened. The boat ramps are open. 
I think, or at least it was last week, the restaurants are, are ready for carry out for uh-huh. now and they're trying to, they're soft launching mm-hmm. like everyone right. back into the economy. Cool. I wonder how you get shipping all the way up there. I mean, Paige Ugh. and then Paige to the, to the like Wall Weep or mm-hmm. Antelope Marinas. That's where all the houseboats right, and just everywhere right. all the launches are, the restaurants are. How do you even get shipping up to there? I mean, that's, this year, I don't know. I, we've had problems just getting some shipments here. I can't imagine up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> One that disrupted, I mean, we sell literally thousands, not thousands, hundreds and hundreds of ladybugs. It may be thousands. thousands. There's, it's there's a lot. hundred in a bucket. Thing. Innumerable. Oh, I'm sure. I was thinking units. But oh, oh, yeah, oh. but each each yeah. bucket's got like 500 ladybugs, yeah. worms, you know, dozens and dozens, praying mantis, mm-hmm. nematodes. Well, what's happened this year, it's totally different. Never saw this coming. We pre-brooked these. They're available. We can get them. But they're refusing to ship them across country because they usually come UPS or FedEx overnight. But shipping is so delayed that the the insects, the beneficial insects, are dying bet- between the factory, or not the factory, the farm. <laughs> it's a ladybug farm. Yeah, right. And here, they yeah. just can't get them to the garden centers. And so we had initial orders Back in March, first mm-hmm. of April, and then we're not getting any more. So that, that upsets some folks because right. we're, what do you mean? I had a ladybug party scheduled. And I'm going, well, if we can't get them, I guarantee you, you probably don't want to buy them online from anyone else because we had the freshest batch from mm-hmm. the best farms that are just the type you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're arriving dead on a DOA? DOA. Which is, I mean... Kudos to the company realizing, hey, there's a problem here. We, we, we're shipping out living things, and we can't get them to, yeah. to people in time. So, yeah. you know, you got to do what's right, you know, for your company and, and quality. So I understand. But, yeah, it's, it's frustrating for a lot of people. For us. And, yeah. and cus- for, for all the way down the end mm-hmm. customers. So, I mean, uh, we got Nolo Bait. So Nolo Bait is, a, it's like Wheaties, and they've laced it with the live virus. So we're kind of famous for the organic non-GMO, keep it safe kind of company. Well, it's frustrating when you can't get the stuff that you know is best for the gardens. So the Nolo bait came in. We were able to get that fresh. I mean, just, Mm -hmm. that's a virus. It's got to be... Don't say virus. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's a... (laughs) If you're a grasshopper, it's deadly. But otherwise, it's like the plague for grasshoppers. Right, right. Uh, it's greatest thing ever for big properties. Mm-hmm. We're able to get that because that can ship, and it, it it's not breathing. It's just alive. Right. Can you say that? I don't it's know what it a, is. It's got a longer, what, six or nine month yeah. shelf life yep. where a ladybug has like yeah, I know. a few days. days. Yeah, you got to get it out. <laughs> Well, we could go on and on about our woes and what gardeners are expecting and not getting or getting but not expecting. Well, speaking of yeah. not getting, so Betty has a question on her peonies. She had a real pretty peony, looked healthy, had buds, but the buds never opened. Ooh. So what do you think happened? Well, it's one of two things and only two things. Either... Um, the soil, it's got a real fleshy root. It either rotted, or the roots were damaged, either drier or, or wet. Probably we're, over prone, we're prone to overwatering. Or, more likely, thrip. T-H-R-I-P. No seams is the common name. Thrip get down inside the buds, and they eat the flower from the inside out. 
you're seeing this on peach trees, the pitted fruits, plums, apricots. The leaves are curling. It looks like they're damaged or, or like wind damage, but it's not wind. It's thrip. They eat the leaf from the inside out. And so if you were to open up those buds, you'd see dozens of little tiny, no seams, tiny, tiny specks called bugs, thrip, <laughs> that eat the flower. If it gets bad enough, it won't even open. The flower goes, it won't hurt the plant. It just takes the flower, or if you noticed your your iris or peonies, they they opened, but then they faded faster than normal. Okay, that's when they had thrip in there. It opened, it invited more thrip, and then they ate the flower faster, and so it affects bloom cycle. You see really bad thrip and aphids. Those are the two things of spring, two insects that we fight in spring. But when you have a real long, cool spring, they just become exponential mm-hmm. in the quantity, in the, in the volume, in the sheer numbers of thrip. And so you see more damage like that. So if you see curled leaves, like we're fighting them on our peppers right now. Right. The leaves are coming out, they're curling. Uh, our peonies bloomed, but they bloomed a little shorter than we liked. Uh, daffodils were up and then gone. Iris. Like that. Iris. Iris were yep. pretty for like a day. <laughs> That's thrip. Yeah. It's because of the long, cool spring. Mm-hmm. We love it. We sleep better at night. But so do the thrip who reproduce like every few days, they multiply. And so that's probably what it is. What to do, that's also the reason that we give roses, certain big shrubs, mm-hmm. a rose food with systemic. There's a systemic you can put on the plant. It absorbs that bug control through the roots, permeates through the flower from the inside out. So it affects the thrip and the aphids and ciliads and things that eat your your bugs. It also takes care of bark beetle and pine scales and that kind of stuff. So, ooh, you should let folks know about the elm scale you oh. saw. That is freakish. Yeah, that was that was bad. So I, I walked my dogs in the neighborhood, and there's this little park that we go to all the time. And I was sitting there going, boy, those trees are looking really funky, and they're exuding that shiny, yeah. uh, sticky stuff. So I started looking up into them, and they were just covered with the European... Um, Elm scale. Yeah. And it, it's not one that we really have seen a lot here, but oh my goodness, every tree was infected. That's one that's really hard to control scale. These are these are scale on super on steroids. Yeah, they're they're big, really big. You can big. see them with the naked eye, whereas pinion pine scale, you can't see. So scale's a normal thing. Uh, we've had that in on our Ceanothus, our Ooh. native Ceanothus in the backyard. I fought that maybe two or three years ago, so it probably just migrated down or it's in the neighborhood. Yeah. I, I treated the plant with plant protector. Mm-hmm. At the, you, it's a systemic you spray at the base, not spray, you pour at the pour. base. It absorbs it, kills them. And then I also sprayed our plant. I mm-hmm. sprayed the bug with an oil. Yeah. It's still cool enough. You can put a horticultural oil. So it, between those two things, it obliterated them. Mm-hmm. And we no longer have a scale, but it sounds like park yeah. down the street we should we should figure out who the arborist is that's taking care of those i don't know so, but they they need we'll to them treat know. them it's pretty bad <laughs> i would talk to neighbors figure it out we yeah. don't want those trees to die that, no, that'd be bad they're beautiful down there at yeah. that little park definitely well george in prescott valley has a question his photinia the new growth has a gray powder all over it oh. wants to know what it is and how do you treat it yeah so powdery mildew is out it's early again when it's cool when it's cool for a long time, this is the perfect condition for powdery mildew. It's a bacteria that eats the leaf of, eats the sugars in the leaf. 
You can get on roses, get on a lot of things, red tip potinia. Oh, yeah. um, so what to do first and foremost, whatever you do, folks, do not water at night. If you if those plants are moist for the evening, you're guaranteed to have powdery mildew. Guaranteed. And you can't get ahead of it. So water in the morning, real early before the heat of the day, so that your plants are dry going into the evening. That's first and foremost. Second, there's a spray we can sell you. Come on in. And it's called Revitalize. You spray the foliage. It helps the plant to fight the powdery mildew and become more disease-resistant. But that's it's going to be a spray. And then you try to fertilize them, and they grow their way out of that damage. Those leaves that are covered will probably drop off, be damaged, and drop. If left unchecked, it can actually kill the plant. You, right. you do want to treat this this early in the season. So powdery mildew, you can Google that. Powdery mildew on red tip potinia. You'll see dozens of pictures <laughs> of your plant that, that, that describes that. So, all right, Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners, we'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Victory Pyracantha. It's impossible to kill this evergreen shrub. Your garden victory is assured. Birds will nest and revel amongst the cluster of bold red berries. Thick enough to hedge and screen, yet tall enough to use as a windbreak. A big, bold plant is just $59 and sure to impress your garden friends. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love Victory Gardens, they love to shop. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Quite honestly, I am truly, 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 if I had to describe myself as a gardener, I would say that I am a flower lover. I love growing color. I grow color in the yard, out in the landscape, roses and crepe myrtles and lilacs have just been glorious. I grow lots of containers and I love flowers. Now I have some vegetables in my container gardens. I have vegetables and herbs by themselves. I've got, I commingle a lot of different kinds of plants, but really when you look at my gardens, this is Ken Lane, this is the mountain gardener. When you look at our, our landscape, you go, wow, they like flowers. They like color. They like fragrance. And so we have over 50 pots, I think 54 containers, container, not small ones. We're talking big honking. We've been collecting these pots for decades and we add one or two a year, every year. It's a big glorious glazed. Right now it's oxblood red. That's in the front of our house and the backyard's got the eclectic mix of everything else that was last year. So we're adding oxblood red. That's the theme for now. 
In five years, we'll change it to an aqua color or cobalt blue or a mocha. But for now, it's oxblood red, big pots, lots of flowers. You've seen lots of flowers. So the peonies have been in full bloom. They're in containers. They're beautiful. One of my core, core flowers that I go to, though, and probably the one that you see I have the most of because they're so easy, are roses. I love roses. In the mountains of Arizona, roses do better than anywhere else in the country, right here, because the bright light, the dryness, actually roses in the Midwest, uh, the, the South, where it's real humid, they get spots and mildew and all kinds of disease issues. Here, they hardly have any. I mean, I can't think of another time I've seen black spot on a rose because we're in Arizona. It's dry. We just don't have that show up here. Some mildew, some bugs, but really those are, any plant can have those. So I really like roses. What I would thought I would do is, is cover what are the different kinds of roses, because some of you are totally intimidated by roses. You, you heard how your grandparents did these, and they were slaves to them. They had hundreds of roses. They were all hybrid teas and floribundas. I thought I would just describe what the types of roses are, and then what my favorites are. So the most common type of rose is a hybrid tea rose. This is a long stem rose. For Mother's Day, we were giving long stem hybrid tea roses to moms. Beautiful flowers. You cut them off. Fragrance, bright big colors. They're usually the largest of the flowers. They can be more difficult to grow because they're more finicky. They've got different grafts. They're just, they're just more care to them, but they are stunning. If you want fragrance, usually it's a hybrid tea rose. Not always, but if you want a big flower, definitely. The cousin to that would be Floribunda rose. A Floribunda is like a hybrid tea. It's on a long stem, but then at the end of that stem is not just one rose. It's usually a cluster of roses. That's how you can decide Floribunda or hybrid tea. Same size rose, about four feet hip high, something like that. But that stem's got a cluster, of a starburst of flowers, smaller flowers, we use these for landscapes, uh, hedgerows, uh, just, just adding different colors. They're usually easier care than a hybrid tea and the same size. Then you get into grandiflora roses. Grandiflora kind of mixes the two together, hybrid tea and floribundas. These are usually quite aggressive, very large roses. These get up head high easily. And on the same big bush, you'll have both hybrid tea long stem roses, and floribunda, long stem clusters of flowers uh, on the same bush. It's amazing. If you need something to screen out the neighbors, if you want to keep the kids from cutting that corner uh, of your lot, grandiflora roses, that's the way to go. Then you get into unique roses. Uh, you get into specialty stuff. Climbing roses. Climbers, they do exactly what they say. They climb up fences. They go up posts. You need a trellis or something for them to do. And they're beautiful colors. And they do really well here. Usually less color choices. I probably have maybe a dozen colors. I probably have 50 different colors of hybrid teas, floribundas, and the others. But maybe a dozen of the climbing type of, of roses that do well here. Then you get to the opposite of that, ground cover roses. There's a whole series of roses that are, they only get knee high, but they spread. And so they run, they kind of, they're beautiful. Usually the flower is smaller. It's a dwarf variety. There's no special graft. Super, super easy to grow. 
uh, ground cover rows or carpet rows. But they're great in containers. I've got my entire driveway, lining the driveway with carpet roses. Then you get into shrub roses. I'm converting a lot of mine over to shrub roses because they're so easy and the new varieties have got a lot of fragrance and more color choices. The intro to that was knockout rose. If you've been in gardening at all, you've heard, oh, knockout roses. It was introduced maybe 10 years ago as they tried to see if people would buy shrub roses, uh, but they're just so easy to care. There's no special graft. They're easier to winter over. They don't get the bugs. They don't get mildew and disease. They're just just a four foot by, by four foot shrub that blooms continually from May through October and without hardly any care. They self-prune. You don't even have to, when it's done blooming, cut it back three nodes, cut it at a 45 degree angle, refertilize. No, it does it all by itself. So that's why I'm converting a lot of my things over to shrub roses. And there you have the different types of roses you can plant in your yard. They're all available right now here at the Garden Center. Uh, take a look and smell and enjoy the colors for your garden. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locust, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one, and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back, Ken and Lisa Lane. We are here every week talking about gardens, and uh, but this segment is unique in that I don't lead the conversation. <laughs> okay. Lisa does. Lisa does. This, so. this is your segment. I mean, I don't beat you on what you're. You just see something that inspires or something you're gardening, and you just bring it and yeah. take some pressure off of me. Add some interest, serious interest, mm -hmm. uh, to to the conversation to the listeners. And then I get to hang out with a really pretty gal in a small little studio, which is my favorite part. <laughs> well, thank you, dear. Yeah. It's very sweet. I see you got your hair done this week, so sounds like uh, we're out of quarantine. You see, you and see I got my hair. <laughs> yeah. It looks fabulous, The, the gray the was getting a little intense there. Yeah. But yeah, things are opening up. People are getting out. Have you noticed more traffic on the road? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's noticeable. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of... I got used to the reduced traffic and yeah, now I, I'm spoiled. I like the traffic the way it was, but I like the business as a business owner the way it is. So it's the way it's it, it's right. progressing. So right, yeah. I find that um, 
people are just getting used to. We've learned how to live with this virus thing mm-hmm. and how to social distance, how to be safe, how to sanitize everything, how to open up aisles so there's fresh air everywhere, how touch points are just reduce, reduce, reduce. Mm-hmm. We've kind of been living like this for two months. And so we're just kind of going, oh, we're normal. We just know. We're confident. We've, we've learned how to adapt. Mm-hmm. And so some of the folks just coming out, they're still trying to figure it out or they aren't as comfortable. Right. And so they get ruffled a little bit. So it's just this this it's this balancing act that I noticed. Not not so much here at Waters Garden Center because our folks have just been gardening. They've figured it out. But out in the community mm-hmm. it's it's uh interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> it is. And I, I think on the whole people are they're they're learning, they're trying to adjust, they're but it, it's different. Everything is so different. The supply lines, yeah. the availability of things, uh, the length of time you have to wait to maybe get service. I mean, there's a lot of things that have changed. Um, and, you know, I know it's hard, but we just all need to be nice to each other and get out and garden more. Yeah, <laughs> That's a conversation. So there's like a, there's a bunch of garden centers, a couple hundred of us. And we're small business. We one, one, two, three locations all family owned well, we share intimately every week what's going on in our lives how our kids are doing how our businesses are doing across north america canada and so we've been sharing the conversation this week is as everything opens up even even indiana ohio michigan these have been shut down for pennsylvania right. shut down for two months they're coming online they're opening up more than just curbside and and the conversation amongst all the gms and, and owners are Man, cus, cu, gardeners are mean right now. What is this? It's mean. It's across the country. Everyone's yeah. irritable, or we see it a little bit here, Not where bad. people are a little short-tempered, or they just don't understand how things could be different. They hibernated, quarantine. They came out. They went. The world just changed. What the heck is going on? So it's <laughs> it's kind of this. Why don't you have six packs? Well, they just ran out early on, and there hasn't been any more since. What you sold my tree from yesterday? You should have bought it yesterday. There are no more coming. This is it. Mm-hmm. You just all there's no the supply chain is broken. There's no the fields are empty. Yeah. Uh, gardening's up, mm-hmm. not down. There, there's not we 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 planned these grows have to be done years year ago. two five. I mean a fruit tree's five seven years old. When you're out, you're out for five seven years. You can have more. It's not like there's. Right. More coming online. People don't understand. It's not a widget. It's not an iPhone. <laughs> it's it's actually a plant that's living, breathing. You have to ship it, logistics, get it here. You got to have the refrigerated trucks, get across the desert, make right. sure it's alive, get just all these things. They don't understand. Going, I'm going online to buy it. Well, you just go right ahead. Have <laughs> at it, man. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I share their frustration and I get it, but... You're right. I mean, it's just a different year, and gardening yeah. is up, and so many more people were out gardening that the the growers didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I mean, you didn't you didn't have a crystal ball to look at it and go, oh, well, 2020, we need you know X numbers. So it's you got to give a little, you yeah. got to be a little more forgiving. Patience. You got to have some patience, yeah. and um, you know, it'll all be okay. It'll be good. Enough about what's going on. It's it's interesting just to hear just what other businesses are seen like right. like garden centers uh-huh. it's not just us it's across right. it's everyone in the nation probably in the world 
yeah. are feeling the same way. But enough about this. Inspire us with some garden tips <laughs> that we just we just want to get our hands dirty. Dirty. Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought we would talk about vines today because we have a really beautiful selection of vines that have come in yeah. and they're so versatile, different ways that you can use vines that um, maybe not everybody thinks about all yeah. the time. But you know, they make a really good screen. So if you're trying to cover, you know, you don't want your neighbor looking right in your window, you're trying to block an electrical box or a gas line, you know, just those things that you want to hide, but maybe you don't want a great big tree there. Yeah. You know, putting a trellis there with some vines on it can really be a quick way of, of using a screen super easy to maintain too you just trim it back once a year back to its right. groin whatever that mechanism a wall a uh -huh. trellis whatever and done you're done for the year fertilize right. it grows its way out blooms again mm -hmm. it's just so easy you can use them to soften fences you yeah. know sometimes those fences look kind of harsh and stark out there in the yard but putting a vine on a fence super easy your pergolas, your arbors. You can even use a lot of your vines just as ground covers if you got a big space that you want to cover. And they work fabulous for that. That's how naturally, like a, a native vine that we have growing wild up in the branches, mingus out the higher elevations, is a Virginia creeper. Mm -hmm. It just grows, it's just out there. It's been there for millennia. Yeah. But that's how it naturally grows is as a ground cover. Mm -hmm. And then it spots a tree or a bush or something, tries to grow up and get over and get to or up a boulder pile or whatever. Grapes do that with the wild grapes. They just crawl along the ground and then they find something to crawl up. So I think number one way to use vines is ground cover. Number two is climb up something because that's go. how they naturally mm -hmm. go about. Naturally want to grow. So you mentioned Vir Virginia creeper. That's definitely one that we have. Um, nice big green leaves. The prettiest thing about Virginia creeper is that fall color. It is just so gorgeous. Love that. Grapes, you mentioned those. That's another, maybe don't people don't think of that as a vine or think of using it as a vine, but it, it's a fast grower boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you and you can eat something. it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's edible. They'll actually oh, produce grapes. Definitely, definitely. Honeysuckle. So in honeysuckle, there's what? Uh, major wheeler there's gold flame i think there's lemonade there's a lot of different varieties besides just the halls honeysuckle yeah. the japanese honeysuckle that everybody's used to seeing which is a great vine but there's different varieties within that too that have different color blossoms on them uh, akibia which is probably my favorite one it doesn't necessarily bloom it blooms but it's really early in the spring yeah. and you don't always see it but it's like a tropical forest they it'll it'll devour or whatever. It <laughs> <laughs> grows fast. In fact, didn't you have a picture on Facebook of our the little schnauzer yeah. in the Akibia vine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All you see is the tails. If you follow our, our our company Facebook page or our personal use our company, mm -hmm. um, you could you see our entire garden by the time you get and our dogs and our flowers and our you see the whole thing. Yeah. That was a cute picture. But Akibias, if you want something fast that'll yeah. attach and grow. Evergreen. Yeah. Deer don't eat it. Javelina don't bother it. Right, it's right. got an edible fruit. Not mm -hmm. very good, but it's edible. <laughs> it's got everything. Um, trumpet vine, which is another yeah. really fast-growing, big orange flowers, but they also make one. This is the flava that has the yellow, yellow. flower on yeah. it, which is a little different looking. Um, you could also look at uh, pyracantha. Oh, which, good idea. You know, yeah. It's the uh, victory. Victory has a real pretty red berry to it. Makes a really nice one. And then silver lace vine. Ooh, good Boston native. Boston ivy. Yeah. 
um, but there's a Boston and Ivy one that's really pretty that has a variegated, they call it green showers, has a variegated leaf to it. Very attractive. Very pretty fall color. Mm-hmm. Trumpet vine. That's like, they, could, they should call it hummingbird they should. vine or something because yeah. they just, they cannot resist it. Mm-hmm. Great time to plant a vine because they're all, they've all woken up. Oh, yeah. They're all actively growing now, mm-hmm. which means you get active root structure at the same time. So from grapes to climbing roses you missed. Oh, yeah. That's another one to all the others. Mm-hmm. Good time to plant a vine. Thank you, Lisa. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in one year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So every year, I put together a favored list, the top roses for for that year, 2020. I'll create a Pinterest board, uh, write an article on it, have some magazine copy. It's pretty. Roses are so easy. You High gloss, a little bit of ad copy. It's easy uh, to, to write about roses. It's just because they're so easy. They're so fragrant and so bright and so colorful. It's just easy to describe a rose. You could almost do it in your head. It's just great. Now I can put it in the newspapers or magazines or talk about it on the airwaves. And, and, and they're just easy. I'll put together a Pinterest board. You Pinterest folks, you know what I'm talking about. Color, photos, ideas, designs. Well, I can put all the roses up on a one board, and now you can see all the 2020 boards. You go to Waters Garden Center Pinterest board, and you'll see 2020 roses. That's it. Um, I thought I would describe some that you'll see at the Garden Center now. They're in bloom. They look good. And I try to pick some roses that are both uh, hybrid teas, floribundas, carpet roses, climbers. I try to get a mixture so you get a feel for it. By all means, this is not the only roses at all you can plant. There's a lot of choices. but These are just kind of the go-to new varieties, easy to grow, brighter colors, and quite honestly, some of my favorites to grow. And so it started out with number one was an Arctic Blue Floribunda Rose. It says a double 
ruffled flower, double uh, like a lavender blossom. The petal count is unbelievable. So when we're buying roses to, to sell here at Waters Garden Center, we're looking for flowers that are fragrant and have heavy or large or a higher petal count. So it looks like a real flower. So many flowers, especially the, the, the shrub roses, some of the carpet roses, they've got almost like a single flower, just one row of petals and that's it. Kind of kind of boring. It's, they just aren't that pretty. I mean, yeah, they're super easy to grow, but yeah, come on. We live in 2020. We've got a lot more choices to, to pick from, but that Arctic blue, it's not truly a blue. It's more like a lavender color, but fragrant. It's a floribunda. Again, it's got a, it's got a starburst effect on the end of, the, end of that long stem. It's just a beautiful, easy-to-grow rose. Next one is a hybrid tea. It's called Falling in Love. This is a beautiful, long-stemmed rose, very large flower, and it's it's got a, a soft, blushy pink to it. It's just stunning. I mean, you just want to cut one off and give it to a mother. I mean, they're just beautiful. A new introductions for, for this year. I mean, your heart's just going to go pitter-patter for falling in love. Frida Kahlo. Um, I think I pronounced that one right. So Floribunda. This is a jeweled rose. So jeweled is stripes. Uh, there's no solid color. It's got a striped color, multiple stems for red, pink, apple blossom, and white, all in the same flower. When this thing is in full bloom, you look at it and go, whoa, what is that? You cannot look away. And again, it's got a fragrance to it. But the foliage on this one, Frida's got a dark, rich foliage that makes the flower stand out. The contrast is so stunning. I mean, you, you just can't look away. It's really, really pretty. Again, a floribunda. So it's going to be four by four by four, about hip high or so, with these clusters of flowers erupting all over the shrub. The best gold uh, re- yellow flower uh, on a rose would have to be good as gold. It's a sunset gold. It's not a buttery, light yellow gold. This is a rich, deep, like three-dimensional yellow. That's beautiful. It's got a hint of orange to it. This is a hybrid tea, so it's a long stem rose. So it's got this very long stem with this one huge flower. It's almost like you double-dipped the flower in yellow. Just like, okay, do it again. Oh, that's it. That's pretty. It's bold, and it's beautiful, and it's as good as gold. See how easy it is to describe roses? This was in uh, this week's garden column. Uh, put put together in the print Pinterest board, all that kind of stuff. You can take a look for yourself. Uh, one of my favorite grandifloras. Now, again, remember, grandiflora is a really large shrub. This is head high. It's every bit of five, six, even seven foot tall and wide. It's a big bush. Grandiflora has both long stem roses and floribunda type clusters of roses all in the same bush. It's magnificent. If you need something that big, it's too big to put right next to a patio, but boy, are they impressive. My favorite this year would have to be Happy Go Lucky. It's a pure, pure yellow, kind of an old fashioned type of blossom that's just pure yellow. It's more like an English rose. Uh, or or uh, a David Austin type of rose on this large shrub. It is super impressive. And again, Grandifloras, very easy to grow, low maintenance, 
uh, blooms all by itself. It's a great plant. The shrub rose that kind of caught my attention this year, and I have a lot of shrub roses. I've been growing shrub roses. Again, shrub roses do not have a special graft. If a shrub rose gets, if we go real hard winter and it gets kicked back to the ground, a shrub rose will come back pure from the roots because uh, there's no special graft. A hybrid tea or floribunda, some of the grandiflores, those are actually, they're taking a specific genetic and grafting it onto a more aggressive root so you get these big flowers so that there's a fancy graft. If we get a real harsh winter and it kills that graft, what comes back from the roots is this ugly, gnarly rose that has huge thorns, very aggressive. It almost wants to rip your jugular vein off. I mean, it's just it's not the same rose. You won't be happy. With a shrub rose, that's not the case, which means you never have to worry about them in the winter. You go, yeah, come back. If it goes back to the ground like a perennial, ah, you'll be back and you'll be blooming again. Well, one of my favorite of the shrub roses is Kiss Me. Kiss Me is a, is a new, very fragrant. It's unusual to see this color. It's a double clear pink. It's not just a, a light pink. It's not a blushed pink. This is a 3D pink again. Very unusual. Large flowers. And again, reminiscent of an English rose or, or a, a David Austin type of rose because the petal count is so high disease resistance. You don't get bugs on it. They don't you don't they self-prune each other. It's an easy care shrub about 4 by 4 by 4 that hip high with this pure clear pink flower to it. It's very very pretty. My favorite climber would have to be Lady in Red. Lady in Red is a very large rose. This thing's got to it's got to have something to grow up. So trellises, arbors, fence posts, it's just going to grow like 10, 12 feet tall, this beautiful vase, and covered in very large ruffled red flowers. It's one of the best climbers out there. It's beautiful. Love at First Sight is a hybrid tea rose, but what I love about Love at First Sight, it's a red rose on the front of the petal. The back petal has reversed white back petal, so you get this white and red flower, long stem rose, on the same plant. Gets up about five feet or so tall, a little bit larger, but the flower is wow, just unbelievable. Another shrub rose, so that makes a 2020 list, is called Music Box. Music Box, the reason I liked that one, it's a super unusual color. It's a it's a it's a yellow, white, and pink flower. So it starts the center of its yellow. As the as it opens, it turns white. And then as it fades, it turns to pink. It's, it's almost like a Don Juan climbing rose, only in a shrub rose. Again, shrub roses, very easy to care for. If you're new to roses, start with either a shrub rose or a carpet rose, because you just can't go wrong with them. But also take a look at Music Box. It's just a really pretty, and you, if you're a rosarian, you know how many choices there are. Take a look at Music Box, because it's, it's beautiful. Another Floribunda is Queen of Elegance. This is a royal fragrant pink, very, very fragrant Floribunda type of rose. Again, it's a long stem with a cluster on the end. Great for landscapes, down the driveway, off the patio. This is where you want a Floribunda. Color all the time, lots of fragrance, but Queen of Elegance. It's a really pretty fragrant pink flower. And I could keep going, but I'm out of time. And the list keeps going. There's literally... 
thousands of roses here, Waters. Come take a look for yourself. To end it, we'll go Tropical Lightning. It's a climber. Screaming Neon Red, a shrub rose, and Radiant Perfume. It's a citrus yellow grandiflora. Ken Lane and the Mountain Gardener will be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to the Mountain Gardener. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Purple Robe Locust, Vine and Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to the Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So each week we pick, actually, let me back up. Each month we pick a, a group of companion plants that grow well together, look good together in the landscape together for that particular month. And then we'll feature one of those plants each week. So we pick four or five plants that, that are companions. They love growing in the same gardens together. We'll try to get a tree, a shrub, a perennial, an annual, just a vine, all that grow together. We call that, now it's May's Companion Plants. We just picked June's Companion Plants as a, as a team of gardeners here at Waters. And so we'll be featuring those next week. This week, it was, or this month, We've got Indian Hawthorn. It's been in bloom for, oh, a month or more. Prescott Sunshine Geraniums. Geraniums just grow and do well. They love to be planted in May. You've got Gallardias, Arizona Gallardia. I think I've got some left. We featured, featured that maybe three weeks ago. It's this beautiful perennial, consistent. Animals don't eat it. It just works great. Comes back year after year. Uh, purple Robe Locust was the tree for May because it always blooms in the month of May. It's easy care takes our wind. It's just a good plant. And then this week, the vine that is featured is Akebia, or five-leaf Akebia. This is something that's rather unusual. It doesn't grow in a lot of zones, but it loves to grow in our zone, our mountain region. It's a zone five to ten or something like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I won't go into zones, but it grows here. Let's put it that way. This is an evergreen vine. I've grown it in every one of my houses, from Prescott Valley to Skull Valley to several in Prescott. It's just a consistent evergreen vine, very fast growing. Grow up trellises, it'll grow up a post, grow up a fence, it'll hide a shed. Just if you need something to soften that brick fence in the backyard, cinder block is just not, is so out, it's so Russian block. 
you want to soften it up and make it feel more like a private garden, then five-leaf akebia, A-K-E-B-I-A, akebia, is a great one for here. Animals, even in Skull Valley, we had, we had elk, deer, I mean, everything, javelina, we had everything. They, leave, they left that akebia absolutely alone. Uh, Fast-growing, it'll grow six feet or more a year, probably more. It's kind of like a grapevine. And then it has these pretty five leaves that are evergreen. That's why they call it five-leaf akebia uh, that grows and grows and grows. It's just really, really happy to be here. You can get a little plant for maybe 20 bucks. Get a huge plant for 50, 60 bucks. I mean, just instant. I want, I want, I don't want to wait. I want it now. You can get a big one. But they grow fast. One vine I would say would grow eight by eight by eight or more, 10 by 10 by 10 area of your gardens. They make a great ground cover. But look for that companion plant that's featured this week. There, there's some that just came in. We also just started. Or, or our, we are posting our garden classes. We decided as a team, we're going to, to have garden classes again. We are going to gather again. What we've done, it'll start June 13th. And I think it's how to deal with bugs or something. We'll post those on our Facebook page and on our website. Uh, but we've decided, we opened up the garden center so much. There's so many aisles. We're not going to have the classes under the greenhouse anymore. We're going to have them out in the gardens, in these open areas of the garden center. So there's lots of fresh air, lots of bright light. It'll make it a little harder for you folks to watch online because the lighting will wash things out. But it will be safer for us to have to gather as gardeners to present questions. Look for that coming up June 13th. They'll be every Saturday at 9.30 starting in three or four weeks. Three weeks, whenever, however far that is. I know that we felt the time pressure here at the Garden Center, or the team did. So throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Please, we love helping you. We love talking to friends. Visit us throughout the week. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.